we going to talk about this morning? I, I want to ask you a question. See, I, I'm going back to basics this morning. We've talked about a whole range of topics uh, over the last several years and all the wonderful hosts and hostesses who've been on the show. They have, uh, they've talked about so many things as the Spirit has led them to. Uh, I want to talk to you about this morning. Uh, there's a question that I want to ask you, and the question is, is God active in your life? Is God active in your life? Now, whether you believe he is, I want to hear from you. If you don't think he is or you don't care one way or the other, I want to hear from you too. And you see, uh, many years ago, uh, I, I was seeking God. I, I, I always, that's the one consistent thing in my life. I always had the sense that there was indeed uh, the supernatural. I had, growing up in Cameroon in West Africa, I had definitely seen manifestations of the supernatural in the occultic and in, 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 in the demonic uh, realm. I had seen manifestations of the supernatural in the spiritual, uh, in, in the realm of God. But you see, so I, I had a sense, I, I had knowledge that there had to be God. The Word of God says the heavens and the firmaments uh, uh, declare uh, the, the Word of God, uh, de declare the, the, uh, the power of God. And you know, you don't, you don't have to look very far to know that there is indeed a God. How does the moon hang up in the, in the universe with no props to hold it up? How does the earth hang up in the universe with no props to hold it up? Look at the human physiology, how, how intricate, how sophisticated it is. There is no computer that can replicate it. They have tried, don't get me wrong, but they're not able to, okay? There is indeed a God. Matter of fact, it is easier or let's say it is harder okay it requires more faith to believe that there is no God than to believe that there is because everywhere you turn there is evidence of his existence of his power of his creation okay what I want to introduce you to is his mercy is his love is the joy that is found in him it is the guiding uh, by, by his hand it is the the promises that he has spoken into our lives listen to me many years ago I was seeking God and and you know I, I, I was raised up in, in you know in a boarding school a Catholic school and uh, just about all of my youth I spent there and, 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 you know, I, I, I had some, some experiences that kind of turned me off. And, and, and uh, I mean, those, 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 those are personal experiences. I met some really great, awesome people there. Uh, but I had some experiences that, that, that were a turnoff. But you know what? They spurred me into uh, my, my, my quest to know God on a personal basis. Okay? Now, that was contrary to the teachings that I, was, uh, that, that I got uh, growing up. But somehow, deep down inside of me, I knew that the, the, the highway to God was one that had to be direct. There could be no one intervening or interfering on, on, on my behalf, at least in the, in, the, in the earthly realm. 
okay? Because everyone, pe people, uh, people, they lied, they cheated, they stole, they did all kinds of crazy things, even though they were in positions uh, of leadership in, in the spiritual world, you see. So I lost faith in people in that regard. And I said, I wasn't going to put my destiny in the hands of a person, no matter who they was. Pastor, priest, bishop, whatever, you name it, I decided at the age of 15 that I was going to seek God for myself. But somehow along the way, I read everything but the Bible. New Age books, uh, human development books, uh, occultic books, did all kinds of things. What ended up happening was um, uh, there was a time when, you know, my marriage broke down. I'm going to get a, a little bit further into that because, I'm, see, I'm going to minister to you. I'm going to speak with you. I'll share with you this morning out of the abundance of my own personal testimony, okay? Because even the Apostle Paul said in Romans 15, 18 in, in, in Scripture that he would dare not speak of anything other than what God has done in him and through him because that is where the power is. Now, you can tell Sam Tito tomorrow that uh, uh, you were not a nice light live you did not host the show and I would say you are drunk on something other than the Spirit of God because I know in my knowing that I am here right now in the flesh and there is nothing that can change that that is what happens when you have a relationship with God when you experience God on a personal level and you begin to testify about it no one can challenge it I mean you may challenge my hermeneutics my theology you may challenge a whole bunch of stuff you may tell me Sam you never made it through the, 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 the four walls of Bible college, whatever you want to say, that'd be okay. But you cannot challenge my testimony of the healing that God did in my life, of the restoration in my marriage, and the things that he's done for me. So that's the thing. That's the importance of testifying. And so I wanted to experience God at that deep personal level. But instead of looking for God where I should have been looking for God, I started looking for everything else. I mean, I looked into Buddhism and, and Hinduism, uh, I, just about everything there was. At the end of it, I wrote a book called uh, uh, Reconstructing God because I was so confused and so messed up by the end of it. I decided, you know what? I couldn't trust people. I couldn't really trust all of those other religions because when I looked into them, they didn't offer me anything that was completely absolute, something that I couldn't poke holes at. Even the, the, uh, the, the Christian world didn't offer that to me because I did not get a revelation. No one could really teach me or minister to me in a way that would seal my search and reveal the power of Jesus in my life. So I took matters into my own hands and I wrote a book called Reconstructing God. In that book, I basically called Jesus a fraud and a liar. I said, God, you did not exist. If you do, you will stop me from writing this book. It was the last page, the very last page, the book had gone to editing everything. It was going to be uh, going through the printers. And I put in that last page, I said, Lord uh, God, because you did not uh, respond to me, you gave me authority to publish this book, to tell the world that you're a fake. Now, what I'm going to do then is I'm going to fix it and I'm going to create a foundation for a new religion. I called it deitology and the human being was at the center of it, not God. Well, guess what? God allowed me to write that book 
I wrote the book, got it published. I was on the uh, a seminar circuit for, for the Learning Annex here in Toronto. You know, I was going to do great things. I was taking the world down. I was, I was breaking down this, this, this lie, this falsehood, this thing called religion, which I called uh, a sedative uh, for, 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 for human growth. You know, because I thought at the time when people came to know God, uh, that was the end of it for them. Uh, they, they, they stopped reasoning. Uh, they, they, they became foolish. Okay, and so that was then. And the, you see, God is, <laughs> he is a wonderful, he's a supernatural God because he allowed me to go through that entire process. And I wrote this book, got it published, it was out there. And then guess what? I was so proud of my accomplishment, I sent copies of it to the United States to some relatives of mine. And these people are known to me. These are people that I knew. Uh, they were worldly, they were more worldly than I was. They partied hard, uh, they made money, they any way they could. They did all kinds of things. So I sent this book to them just to announce my accomplishment. When they got hold of the book, my goodness, they went into fasting and prayer. They called me, Sam, are you crazy? Where, where did this stuff come from? Do you know what you're saying? And I laughed and they prayed for me and I laughed. I was like a wet fish when they thought they cornered me with the word of God. I just slipped out of their hands and it went on that way for about two years. But you see, they were relentless. They prayed for me they fasted and all kinds of things so finally I said to them okay um, you send me uh, buy me a Bible because I didn't really own one at the time buy me a Bible I'm gonna fly to the United States I'm gonna meet with you guys give me a week because you know I hadn't seen a bunch of my relatives in a while give me a week to study some of this stuff and uh, and then I will speak with you and my intention was to challenge was to challenge because there were holes in, in what I had heard everywhere. Uh, there were no, like I said, the, the, the truth and the power of God had not been revealed to me. So I was prepared to challenge them. Well, just to make a long story short, they were ministering to me. Uh, they invited me to church, uh, gave me some praise and worship music. They were relentless. They prayed and fasted for me for nearly two years. And one day, one day, I'm driving in my truck down the streets of Houston and the Holy Spirit ministers to me. My heart was melting. I pulled over on the side of the street and I started weeping. I weeped and I, I wept and I sobbed uncontrollably. It was, it was a personal encounter with the, with the power and the love of God in my life. And when I tasted of that peace, that joy in my spirit. I never looked back and I've been going forward ever since. So let me tell you something. If you're watching and you've never watched this show before and you wonder what this thing about Christianity is, uh, who this man Jesus is, and there's a whole lot more, but I just don't have the time to get into the bottom of it. But what I can say to you is this. You're looking at a man who did not grow up uh, uh, knowing Jesus? Uh, I, I wasn't baptized when I was one year old and dedicated to God and grew up in the church. My father was not a pastor and my mother was not a pastor. They didn't even know God in their lives at the time. I am not a pastor or a prophet or, or anything of that, of that sort. I am just a guy who got touched by the hand and the power of God and my life changed since then. My life changed. That's why I'm asking you the question this morning. Is God active in your life? Because I can tell you this, there is a huge difference in my life, in my personal experience, from the time that 
I wasn't born again, and I thought I had it all. I did great at school. I mean, all the girls, uh, you know, I, I had all the girls that I, I, I wanted. Uh, there was all kinds of stuff going on. I thought I had it all. I wrote poetry. You know, I was featured in all kinds of places. I'd been on television. I thought I had it all. But my life was a mess underneath the currents were moving like crazy, and my life was a mess, and it was going down. I was in a vortex just sinking, and I didn't even realize it until the God came into my life. So listen to me. The question I'm asking this morning is, is God active in your life? Because you see, let, let, let's go back now to the beginning. I'm going to backtrack here in, in, for, for, for just a minute. Now, in the beginning, God created man, okay? He created Adam. Uh, that's a whole teaching. I'm not going to get into it. But God created Adam, and he gave a man and a woman dominion over the earth. When he made them, he said, I'm going to, let's, let's make them in our own image, okay? So when God, made, uh, when God made the first human beings, what he did was he breathed his spirit into them, and he put into every person since Adam and Eve what uh, uh, Jesus called uh, uh, faith at least the size of a mustard seed. And Paul did indicate that uh, in every person that God created, he put in each of us a measure of faith. Now, let me tell you something about that. Whether you acknowledge God in your life or not, whether you think you came from tadpoles and, and, and frogs and, and, and fish and whatever, you, you evolved from chimpanzees and baboons, if that's your thinking and you don't even recognize or acknowledge God in your life, it doesn't make a difference because the faith that he created, he put into every single person. And I, I, let me challenge you with this. If, you see, in your faith is your hope. In your faith is your expectation. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. When your clock goes off in the morning, your alarm clock, uh, clock it is so that you can get up and get ready for work. Now, if, um, if you did not know that you could go to sleep and wake up in the morning, if you didn't think that you could get in your car and drive and arrive at work, if you didn't think that you would come back home and meet your, uh, and meet your home waiting for you, if you didn't think that you would, uh, the people, the, your wife or, and children would be home when you got there and things like that, if, if you didn't think that way, you, would want, you, you wouldn't want to live for even one minute. So you have to have faith to live. Okay, because faith means you're hoping that this is going to be so, but you don't know for sure that that's the case. So you have to have faith built inside of you. Now, you have this faith, so whether you recognize God or not, you've got the faith. That's settled, okay? Now, if you don't have faith or expectation, what usually happens is people don't want to live anymore, and they commit suicide. It's that simple, because you don't have any expectation. You don't believe that anything is going to work out for you. Life becomes so unbearable that it is overwhelming, and you want to end it all right now. So you do have faith, but now there is something, you, you, you want to call that basic faith, essential faith, call it whatever you want. Everybody has it. And then there is faith that is, uh, and you see, God left that faith in you because the Bible says that without faith, no man can know God. You can't see God if you don't have faith. So in order to keep that door open so you could come back to him someday, this is what he did. He gave you faith. And your faith is that door, is that window directly into the Holy of Holies right before God. Listen, he is sitting there like an anxious father. not know, You know, he sees his children, and I have children. When they're out, I worry. I sit back. Some days I can't go to sleep. I'm waiting for them to come home first. That's the image of God. He's sitting there 
waiting for you. The door of faith is already established. He has blessings for you. Everything he owns belongs to you, but you have to walk through that door and say, Father, I submit myself to you. Write my name in the palm of your hand. Call me your son and your daughter so that I can inherit all that you have for me. The destiny that you've preordained for me, I can walk in that destiny. That is what your faith does. And if you're not taking advantage of it, you are missing out. That's what I'm saying to you. That's what I'm saying to you. Then there is what we call, I call that, um, a mature faith, uh, call that supernatural faith. The Bible calls it the Abrahamic kind of faith. Abraham was a man we call the father of faith. When God spoke to Abraham, he didn't want to know. He didn't have to know what God, you know, if God says go, he gets up and he goes. God doesn't have to tell him, I want you to go here. I'm not giving him your GPS. There is no map for him to follow. God says go, Abraham gets up and he goes. That is a supernatural level of faith. Now God can give that to you. And you can also ask him to give it to you. He can give it to you just supernaturally like he gave Abraham. Abraham didn't ask him for it. But then there are people like uh, uh, Thomas the Doubter. He wanted to see the hands of Jesus after Jesus uh, rose from the dead. He said, you know what? I've been through so much trauma. There's been so much going on. I need to see that my Redeemer, that he lives, that he got up from the grave, that, he has, that he's risen. I need to see it in order to believe. And Jesus showed himself to Thomas, and Thomas's faith was built. These guys went out in the book of Acts and they did amazing things. They ministered the word of God. They preached with power and anointing and conviction to the extent that most of these guys were killed in the six, uh, in the 64 AD by the Emperor Nero who said, you, see, you guys have to stop saying that he rose from the dead. If you don't take back that story, I'm going to kill all of you. And they said, you know what, Emperor? Uh, we would like to, but we can't because we, we witnessed it. We experienced it. You, you can't tell me to say I didn't go through this when in fact I did. They were witnesses and they saw it. And so uh, they would rather have, they, they died. Most of these guys died. I think about uh, of the 12 um, uh, uh, apostles uh, that were left, I think, I think about 11 of them died. Uh, you, you'd have to check that to be sure. But this was in the, in, in the history books, uh, 64 AD, when Nero, the uh, Roman emperor at the time, uh, started his, his crazy persecutions. This guy died because they, they had experienced Jesus in their lives. So this is what I'm saying to you. Is God active in your life? Now, I've got Ryan, Sue, Emu, and Colleen. They're waiting on the phone, but I got to ask this question one more time. Is God active in your life? Because if he isn't, take it from a man who, ah, what, what, my life was a mess. My life was a mess. But God, in spite of all of that, so it doesn't matter what you've done in your life. You could have had seven abortions. It doesn't make a difference. You could have slept with every man and every woman in the world. Uh, uh, it doesn't make a difference. You could have killed. You could have raped anybody. It doesn't matter. I'm not saying it's right. But what I'm saying is there is nothing you have done in this world that can keep you from God if you would just submit yourself to him and take advantage of this door of faith that he has planted before you just to walk through it. Listen to me. If you don't know him this morning, you can. You can. Simply by confessing that, Lord, I am sorry for the things I have done for ignoring you all these years. I want you to be Lord and Savior of my life. Listen to me. I am not saying to you that when you do that, the, uh, every problem in your life is going to evaporate and everything is going to change because something happens. Sometimes this is the way it works. It's, it's the will of God, not mine or yours. Sometimes after that conversion, 
things may actually get worse. But it's okay because God will give you the grace and the power to sustain, to just last in there long enough because he needs to purify you. There is some stuff that he needs to pull out of you. Listen to me. After I wrote that book, or actually when I wrote that book, the book I wrote uh, at the time, Reconstructing God, it was after my marriage had broken down. Naomi and I were separated for five years and my marriage collapsed. Listen, that's a long story. It was an absolute mess. But this woman, uh, she desired for her husband to come back home I swore in public that death would not bring me back to this woman and listen I left and I went about did some other things hung out with some other women five years slept around did all kinds of crazy things but then she went to pastor Bob Johnson who is now my pastor and she said pastor I want my husband back I need you to pray for me and they prayed and the, the, the spirit of God began to move in me on the other side were people who wanted my salvation and they were praying for me as well when you combine those two wonderful things happened in my life because I got saved and my marriage you know God restored my marriage called me back home today I've said this so many times on the air my wife and I we have a supernatural relationship with each other our marriage is better than it has ever been I love this woman she loves me we are one in in, in the spirit in the flesh and and our, just blessings coming after us okay now I am saying this um, even though we, we, we went through such a mess for five years, I can't even get into the full discourse because it's, it's so long in itself. But what I'm saying to you, it, it's not because you've been saved, everything is just going to work out in your life. No, sometimes you go through some difficulties, but let me tell you something. The man that is sitting here today, the man that is, is, is the husband of Naomi today is a different man than the one that left. I can tell you that because God used that time to prune me and to do some things inside of me and to light me up for him, okay? And now, you see, when I, when I look at my wife, when I have issues with Naomi, oh, we're human beings. Yes, yes, we, we go through stuff too. But when we go through stuff, we don't lash at each other. I say, Lord, listen, this is your daughter. You brought me back home. You deal with it, okay? Now, this is not to say we don't, we don't get into conversation to try to sort some things out. But what I'm saying is there is never a day that we're screaming and yelling at each other, calling each other names. No, it never, ever, ever happens. Take that from me. And so God comes into your life and everything changes. If you are not experiencing God, if God is not active in your life this morning, he can be. Now, we're going to listen to a music video. Ryan, Sue, Emu, Colin, do not go away. It is not by accident that we're speaking this morning.